1: Scott McLaughlin is the head of the hockey department here at Whoa. WEI.com so he would know all about the hockey music cuz oh. tonight the Bruins open the uh, regular season. So what would it, what what are, what are the I guess if you were to say a couple of uh like choice bands that hockey players would approve. Are they all from Canada?
2: Oh <laughs> god. Uh if you, I think if you went back a couple generations, yeah, you get like a lot of tragically hip, but I, I think the new generation is much more country like you just get a ton of country acts from today's players, yeah like
1: what is country yeah. now anyway it's all it all blends it's, together. it's it's pop with boots yeah it's not twangy or anything like they that still wear, they still like, wear was,
2: belt buckles there was a group at the garden a couple of weeks ago that i didn't know but people probably do old dominion that like sells out the garden and there were like 10 bruins there and i was like really I never heard of them before. That, that Nashville
0: so. country scene, yeah.
2: though.
1: I, yeah. Oh, boys, know is, that group is, is one of. There used to be that songwriting show on NBC where they would like bring people in, and then it would be like you would work with someone who writes a song, and then you would record it and stuff. Hmm. I thought one of those guys was from that Old Dominion group. I don't know. No idea. I Old Dominion is a university <laughs> yeah. that uh, another My daughter's going uh, to. I'm just gonna say uh, the uh, the eleventh Fourier <laughs> kid will be going to a school for free <laughs> this time at uh, Old Dominion. But we brought you in to talk hockey, McLaughlin, because, well, it is time. And Fourier and I are going to get into this in the the one o'clock hour, right? The Red Sox are looking to spend and win again. We know the Celtics are in championship mode. The Patriots are in a time of dysfunction, let's say. Where are the Bruins right now, given they shot high last year, it flamed out, Where are we at in terms of the Bruins winning organizationally? How do you see it?
2: It's it's certainly a transition year out of necessity, out of going all in last year, having no cap space, having to allow multiple players to walk in free agency, obviously the retirements of Bergeron and Craigie. They just they didn't have the cap space to go all in again to like address those holes. So you have to read there has to be some level of resetting, and that's what they're going to do this year, but they expect to still be competitive. They fully expect to still be a playoff team. I expect them to still be a playoff team because I think you look around the conference and there's a lot of teams, a lot of the usual playoff teams are in the same situation because the NHL is basically at a flat cap since COVID and that is killing these teams' depth because they can't keep everyone. Usually, you know, the cap goes up three, four million a year. And so you can keep kind of keep some of your depth intact, keep adding. You don't lose as much because you get a little more money every year when it's been flat. You know, last year it only went up 1 million dollars or this past summer went up 1 million dollars. Like you can't do it. So it's creating a lot more parity around the league. So yeah, the Bruins got hit and now they have a ton of questions, but so do an awful lot of other teams.
0: So one, when, when you look at this team, um I think naturally most people would say, "Wow, last year was an unbelievable regular season, record-breaking regular season, major buzzkill once the playoffs started. And I think m- most people would say, well, they've peaked, time to rebuild. I have a I have a sense that like you don't feel that way. They, they're still a competitive team. P- teams should still be nervous about them, but maybe not so much importance on the regular season anymore.
2: Yeah, I think the, the goal in the regular season is just make the playoffs. And if you're really – want to get a little greedy. It's finished top three in the division because you don't want to be a wild card team. You don't want to have it go right down to the wire, but yeah, you, you look at their team. They still have what should be the best goaltending tam- tandem in the NHL. All Mark and Swayman are both back. They still have one of the best defenses led by McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo, Grizzlick, you know, forwards back in your third pair. Kevin Shattenkirk's a, a veteran with cup experience that they brought in. Their top prospect, Mason Lorai, could be ready to contribute sooner than later. He almost he almost made the team out of camp. He was there right until the last second when they had to make uh, their roster cut downs. So that's a strength that not a lot of teams have, especially in their division. There's some teams that have really good offenses and are very thin on the back end or have huge question marks and goals. So they're going to try to win that way. That means it's not going to be as many high-scoring games. As last year, they're probably going to have to win more two to one, three to two games, but they're going to bank on that goaltending and defense to be the rock that keeps them competitive every night and still leads to, you know, what should be enough wins to make the playoffs.
1: Our head of the hockey department at weei.com, Scott McLaughlin is with us. He's actually editor at weei.com, but it's kind of cooler to say you're the head of the hockey department. You know, sounds like you really oversee more than just Bridget and stuff like that. Uh, I got Johnny Beecher, I see uh, Morgan Geeky, I see Ian Mitchell, I see young names, names from guys that I've heard about but maybe haven't really followed. Which young Bruin or Bruins are you most excited to see this year? Who's ready?
2: Matt Potcher is the most exciting, he's...
1: You didn't even mention his name. Yeah. Nin- I, I didn't know how to pronounce it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Matt Patra.
1: Patra. Yes. Patra. So. Oh boy. You're gonna have to get the pronunciation. You're gonna have to get the pronunciation guide, of the landman the in there. Yeah. Billy, uh, Billy. Hockey Billy is the best Billy going. I was it trying is. to do Poitra. Yeah, Poitra. me too. Poitra. Here it is. Poitra. Right.
0: Easy. Don't don't look at the way his name is spelt. It's P-O-I-T-R-A-S.
1: Yeah. I trust. <laughs> Did you just have a moment over there? <laughs> anyway, oh, you said to say it slowly. Uh, so, why is this guy the pick to click?
2: Uh, because he was he was the story of camp and really impressed. He's only 19 years old. He was their second round pick in 2022. It's no guarantee he's going to be here all year. He they basically have a 9 game tryout for him right now. After 9 games, they'll have to decide to either keep him, which will start the first year of his entry-level contract, or send him back to his junior team. He's He can't play in the AHL. He's too young. So Which is
1: just amazing to me. What a stupid rule. It's a silly rule for it sure. It really is. Yeah,
2: But, yeah, he's he kind of took training camp and preseason by storm and at a time when the Bruins obviously need some young centers to start popping up and, and pushing through. And here he comes, and he... Looks incredibly poised for his age, great with the puck on his stick, great vision, patience, passing, all of that. Like there's, You don't want to put this comparison on him right off the bat, but like there's elements of David Krejci there and the way that he oh, I love it. slows the game down, sees the ice, sets up his teammates. So he's on the opening, opening night roster. He's going to start on the third line mm. between Trent Frederick and Morgan mm. Geeky. You Actually, think they keep him? I lean towards yes. I think he's gonna do pretty well during this tryout and and just keep pushing and force their hands. He there's obviously stuff he has to work on. You know, defensively it's a new system. He you're going up against NHL players. Like there's gonna be some growing pains there. He does have to shoot more. That was something coming out of juniors that was on a scouting report. In the preseason, he only took four shots and four shots on goal in five games. Now he happened to score in three of them, so if you can shoot 75% then then you'll be okay. All right, but, that helps. But uh yeah, but he'll have to use a shot a little bit more cuz he's going to have to force defenses to to respect that. Otherwise, they'll back off him and take away his passing options, which is what he really wants to do. He wants to set up his teammates.
0: So, it's what is it uh Zaka Coil Patra? Mm-hmm. That's your your top 3. Any any Fear about uh, not having those two vets there. Like, what's what's the drop off, or is there any?
2: There cert- there certainly is. Uh, you know, especially Bergeron. Like, you're just not replacing him. He was still one of the best centers in the game last year, especially defensively. Obviously, winning his sixth Selkie Trophy. Uh, so, yeah, there's a drop off there. Pavel Zaka had a really strong season last year. Did it mostly on the wing, but did kind of get a trial run at center late in the season when. Krejci missed some time, and then Krejci and Bergeron obviously both missed a couple games in the playoffs. And he played well at center, and him and Pasternak have some chemistry, and that's where he's going to start. So, I think expectations for Zaka are pretty high. Can he be a true number one franchise center on a on a future Cup team? He's not that right now, but you know, let let's see. Like let let him get a full season at center before kind of making that judgment. Charlie Coyle, you know, obviously he's been. A really solid number three center for a long time. Two years ago, when Craigie went abroad, he started the season as the number two center and ultimately didn't really last there. He didn't have great chemistry with Taylor Hall at that time, and it wound up being Eric Hall that got moved up to that number two center role. Coyle last year took on a lot more defensive responsibility than he's had in the past, and at the very least, he can do that with Marshand and DeBrus. That can be a really defensively responsible line that handles a lot of tough matchups, but they're also going to need it to score. So you need Charlie Coyle to bring more offense to the table. You need him to shoot more. You need him setting up Martian and DeBras for their chances. So those are fair questions for him. You know, that that is something new. And if Patrick keeps pushing, maybe at some point he's your number two center. Um, that's, you know, that's a lot to ask of a 19-year-old kid right off the bat, but it it could be in play with, you know, based on what we've seen from him. Yeah, it,
1: it kind of feels like the door's open for anything in so many ways with this Bruins team. Our guy, Scott McLaughlin at WEI.com, is with us. Uh, do, Vans Ream, do Van Reems, Dyke, Shattenkirk, do these olds have anything left?
2: Yeah, I think they have something left. How much remains to be seen. And I how
1: think- long can they go during the season? Yeah. I worry about the injury rate with those guys.
2: I think Shattenkirk and the role they're asking of him will be fine. He's third pairing, right side. They're not, you know, that's the same role he had in Tampa a few years ago when they won the cup. In Anaheim, he had to play top four minutes because they were a really young, rebuilding team. That was probably a little too much to be asking from him at this point in his career, but third pairing, he should be fine. I think he can he can probably be a better fit than Connor Clifton there. He's obviously not as physical, but puck moving, getting something going offensively. I think especially if Derek Forbert's there, you need that. So I, I think he'll be fine. Van Reams, like is super interesting because he's starting on a line with Pasanak and Zaka. Yeah, so it's like, like
1: you're putting him with some players yeah, and expecting like, him to give him, what, 20 minutes a night?
2: Yeah, you can't ask for a better spot to, to fall into, especially after a really down season for him. He had – Van Reams, like had 24 goals two years ago. Last year, cut in half, 12. Lowest he's had – since I think his second season in the NHL. So you're expecting a huge bounce back from him. And if it can't happen with those players, then at some point he'll have to move down the lineup and you'll have to try
1: to find something else. Uh, And then finally, are you surprised both goalies are still here?
2: Not really. I think they probably did explore the market just to see, you know, if there was a trade that might have made sense. But there were, there were very few goalies that moved this offseason. You know, Winnipeg had Connor Hellebuck on the market. Seemingly all summer, he never got traded because they couldn't find the right offer, and now he just signed an extension there. So, Too many
1: real bucks for Hellebuck. <laughs> Hi-oh. Yeah. So, Come on, yeah, You gave me nothing
0: on that? I was writing my supposed <laughs> to write my question down. Oh, okay. <laughs> my last question oh, down because right. I know we're up I'm against sorry. it. And real quickly. Pasternak, you just mentioned his name, and it got me thinking about like how long he's been in the league, and I didn't realize it's like ten years. This is his tenth. season. That, does yeah. that seem like a long? longer than you. Like it's ten freaking years. I'm curious where where he feels like he sits in the pecking order of leadership. With uh, uh, with obviously Marshan being the yeah, captain. Yeah, I, I think he's
2: I think he's second or third, and he's embracing that. You know, obviously Martian's the captain. It seems like you know. It seems like McAvoy might be slightly ahead of him and sort of on track to be that next C whenever Marshand leaves. But they are expecting Passant to take on more leadership. He has already, and I think he's embracing it. What does this that year. look
0: like? What does that just say? Hey, look at me, uh, funny, funny jokes. No, <laughs> like I honestly got it. Doesn't seem like a real demanding guy. You know, like he's he's more leadership is more in humor and self deprecating maybe.
2: I mean, I think there is some. Hey, like, what's I, up,
0: guys? <laughs> 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 you know, I think that there
2: <laughs> there is certainly an element of him being a guy who can help keep it light at times. You know, Martian played that role before. He now has a C, and you know, he's probably gonna have to be a little more serious. But also, for Pasternak, it's leading through example. Like he has to be one of the hardest workers because everyone knows he's the most talented player. If your most talented player is also one of your hardest workers, that sets a great tone for the team. So that's the expectation is, you know, he doesn't have to change his personality or try to be some, you know, give some great speeches that he's not used to giving. He needs to show up and be one of the hardest workers every day and set the example for everyone else to follow.
1: To whom much is given, much is expected. And that is David Posternak this year. Same for our guy, Scott McLaughlin, just leading a group of people upstairs that are uh, you know, some of them are uh, hiding under desks because they, they, they're anxiety. Oh, it's, it's oh, anxiety. It's anxiety like, like Courtney, you know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, you know, all these people writing all these got to keep Turp in line. Good Lord. Good luck with Terp. that during Celtic season. Turp
2: all over Celtics. Turp is Stepping like a puppy
1: up. with two Peters with these <laughs> Celtics. He can't help himself for crying out loud. Uh, thank you, Scott. We appreciate you. I know thank we'll you catch you in, uh, sooner than uh, later.